Live from Kalaloo Studios in New York City, you are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Kishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Part inspiration, part sit down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kashana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. And now let's take this offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Okay, y'all, for this conversation, I had to bring in the big guns. So I called up my girl, Tani, and got her on the phone. Tani Chambers is an entrepreneur, a fintech founder, and economic equity advocate for women. Her career in entrepreneurial endeavors in experiential marketing, technology, and finance span over 20 years. She's the founder of Savvy Money, a software company that helps freelancers and solo entrepreneurs maximize their tax savings, and manage their finances in one place. Tani leads Raven, a community and angel syndicate for emerging Black women investors. Raven provides a safe space to learn about investing as a means to create wealth, to improve their quality of life, and impact their community. Tani uses her voice to advocate for equal, inclusive, and equitable economic opportunities for Black, Indigenous, and people of color women, while working to form alliances, build bridges, and bring awareness to the disadvantages they face. Her goal is to create change by developing solutions, opportunities, and transforming public policy. Right, Fab Crew, we are back for another dope episode of Let's Take This Offline. And I could not be more excited to have in the studio today my friend, my very first actual business coach, Tiny Chambers, who is all things dope black women tech investing. I mean, Tiny, the number of things that you have your hands in, you're like those people that like move in the mist. And you, you just you just pop up and be like, oh, you didn't know who Tani was? You're like, who's Tani? Who is Tani? Um, but you do so many amazing things. But today, I wanted us to chat about something that I think we kind of skip jump over in um, corporate and nonprofit as career professionals and especially as entrepreneurs. And that's really talking about our money and talking about generational wealth and what does it really mean to be thinking about wealth. And I could not think of anybody I wanted to kind of unpack that with because, you know, I got my stuff um, than <laughs> you. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here and honored <laughs> uh, that you would think of me um, uh, to be a part of this. And Absolutely. also for all your kind words. I feel like I love that. She just moves in the mist, right? Yes, that's it. Like, she just moves. I'm like, you know, I'm always like, wait a minute. You know them too? Or y'all, Tani will send me an email, a, a text message, and it'll always be like, she and I were having a full-on conversation and she just meant to tell me something, except I hadn't spoken to her in a couple of weeks. And so maybe she had meant to tell me in her mind. 
And it'd be like, I'm going to need you to connect with this person. I just did this for this person. This person's about to reach out to you. Make sure you talk to this person. <laughs> and you just got to jump on it and get it done. And so I just mm-hmm. appreciate that you are just, you know, plugged mm-hmm. in and you keep yourself fresh. You keep a beginner's mind. Um, and so one of the things that you, you and I and a bunch of the women that we know and the work that you're working on around investing, um, a word that came to mind for me was legacy. And I was mm-hmm. curious, what do you think, what, what does it mean to you to actually build a legacy? You know, that's one of the interesting things when, when I hear the word legacy, mm-hmm. um, I, I just start thinking like, first of all, we don't have any control <laughs> about legacy, right? We can, uh... we can, yeah, we, we can convince ourselves that I'm building a legacy and I'm going to do this, but really the reality is, is legacy is going to be what people say about you when you're gone. Legacy is what's happening now when when people are talking about you when you're not in the room, right? Yeah. Good or bad, right? So I really think it's about our actions. And um, often because we're having this as a, you know, we're talking about wealth, eventually we'll get to that yeah. more. But I think the two are often conflated, mm-hmm. right? And for me, in like this modern day sense, right, it shouldn't be, right? Because legacy equals impact to me what's the type of impact that you're having on people directly or indirectly? And like, you know, like these days with the power of media, especially like social media, you don't really need to have wealth. And we'll talk about that because we know it's a lot of people out here impacting people. Wait a minute. You don't, you don't have to skip to it. Let's get to it. Get, get, get to it. What you mean, Tani? Why you don't have to have wealth? To have, wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, my, I feel like the wind just blew through my hair out in my convertible. Wait a minute. What do you mean you don't, you can have influence and not have wealth and you don't need to have wealth? At, what? Wait a second. Break it down for me, please. Well, okay. So let's go there really quickly. Real right? quick, real so, quick, real quick. <laughs> real quick. And then I'm going to get back to the get back. But, um, you know, people have platforms, right? And here's my thinking. People have platforms and not everyone uses them responsibly. Most people are not using them responsibly. Most people are using them because they have an agenda, right? And hey, I'm guilty of that. We have an agenda. We're business people, right? So likely a lot of the times we're using our platform to eventually, you know, sell a product. You know what I mean? And some part of that also is, you know, us just expressing ourselves, right? Right. But But there are some people who leverage, you know, both in not a great way. And so they are able to leverage that platform to push messages, narratives, ideas, right? Um, that um, are around wealth <laughs> and how you should be and, and what they're doing, right? And how they can teach you how to do it. And it's not true. There, there is no wealth. But they are definitely impressing upon people. They are having these impressions. They're definitely influencing people, right? right. So I always say, and I guess I say to your listeners right now, like, you know, you know, make sure, right, sure. that everyone ask questions, right? Recognize when you're being put through a framework. Because guess what? Everybody's really using the same framework. It ain't that it's not that it's not that different. You know? It's just everybody putting their little sauce on it, right? That's it. There's nothing um, really original under the sun at this point. You, you know, we're all sort of no. like pulling forth our interpretation of how yeah. the original thing went down. Okay. And and there's plenty of, right. of works and- of literature. You know, we can we yeah. can reference that. Look just right. like that. 
Because you said they get literature. Literature. Not okay. somebody ebook that they wrote yesterday, right? right? Literature that has some little case studies and facts and over time history, you know, things like that, you know, right. a little research a little people research have done. Maybe. People have yeah. done, not just conjecture, <laughs> right. you know. Right. Not regurgitation and copy and pasting, you know, not that, you know, not that. But um, <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Because you, you mentioned something about the original, right? And a lot of this comes from, you know, again, that completion of legacy and wealth, right? From, you know, rich people, right? Yes. And, and to be frank, rich white people, yeah. right? Yeah. Because when we really think about legacy, right? Like now, you know, in the modern sense, we can you know, impact people again, right? Through, you know, and have people keep their names in our, our names in their mouth or at their fingertips, right? Mm-hmm. And keep our legacy alive and going without having this money, right? But before it was like intertwined, right? Mm-hmm. So we started thinking about names like the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, Knights. I know you and a lot of your listeners listening yes. <laughs> know these names. Any foundations, right? <laughs> and I mean, I could go on about libraries, wings, buildings that bear the name of people whose wealth which, by the way, is still impacting today their wealth, right? And therefore keeping their legacy alive, right? So I think we we start talking about legacy and the idea of legacy, it really, and, and the completion of wealth, it comes from looking at these people and what they're able to do, right? Definitely. And I think we're... I think we see it happening now a little bit, right? So with family, like if we look at families, we think about like the Carters, <laughs> the Smiths, mm-hmm. right? How LeBron James, right? And I, and you know, even Oprah, right? We always think about Oprah. I didn't say her first, but you know, <laughs> but and, and perhaps, yeah, and, and perhaps, perhaps the K girls. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say the whole name. That's not my okay. bag, so okay. Yeah, no, not mine at all either. But, uh, you know, the K-girls, but they're, you know, what's interesting is like they're leveraging both, right? So they're leveraging this legacy of keeping my name alive, right? And through this media, but they're also leveraging it to build wealth, right? Yes. So interesting, right? Now, when they're gone, what that means for their children, it's going to be interesting. Like the, from, right. on the financial right. end, if they invested properly and they didn't do too many dumb moves, their children, mm-hmm. at the very least, um, should be able to have the runway to make decisions that will continue that wealth building or ruin it. Because we've seen that over the course of centuries and times across mm-hmm. dynasties right. and across kingdoms and across all types yep. of things where one generation can obliterate the wealth that was uh, built, stolen, pilfered, you name it. Um, by another, right. by another generation. Um, but I, you know, the thing that came to mind as you were talking about that was that I have been in conversations where folks have been like, well, it doesn't matter if I have money or not, you know, my legacy is really tied to my family name or it's tied to whether I have children or not. And I have always felt really conflicted about that because I'm like, it, I mean, it, name shame. Like if I don't give my kid enough runway that she can make the types of decisions that give her the ability to be able to try and try again and do and do that in such a way that she is not worried about the lights over her head, um, the roof over Mm -hmm. her head, the lights being on, where her next is coming from. Talk about it. 
So Talk that she's not it. operating from a position of literal scarcity because she has to find a way or make one. It's really yeah. tough to make good decisions mm-hmm. consistently when you are operating that kind of, uh, that kind of car and with that kind of deficit. And so I think that the, to your point, we have conflated it over the, over time around the financial aspect of what it means to have legacy. But but. In reality, in day to day, just regular degalish megalatani operations, <laughs> it's critical for us to be able to mm-hmm. look at legacy as laying track. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree, hundred percent, laying mm-hmm. track. So, absolutely. How did you... your your kid is not thinking about your name, no, or keeping the name oh, no. alive when they're thinking about trying to eat, trying oh, no. to keep the roof over their head, and perhaps take care of you know their children and their family. Exactly. That's that what that's, that's exactly right. right. And so, you know, I think that the, the another part that I love that you t- talked about in the past around legacy finances and children is having the responsibility of teaching your children what it means to lay track so that they understand the responsibility and the benefit of doing so. And uh, an example that comes to my mind is a um, friend of mine took out nine life insurance policies for his you know, older children, they're, they're like 18, 19, 21, 22 age. And he's working himself to the bone. And I was like, first of all, I don't know if that's the best strategy for your life, but you know, I'm not a life, I'm not a life insurance professional, so I can't really speak on that. But also right. have you taught them about the value of actually having the policy so that they can actually mm-hmm. know to pick up their own early enough and keep it. So that's one of the ways that they are able to build assets for themselves. He looked at me like a deer in headlights. I was like, never mind, then forget it. <laughs> right, right. So, so he's helping the life insurance agent definitely uh, build a legacy of wealth legacy for their kids, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but um, that's important, right? Because what what that says to me when I hear something like this is that there's a lack of education around, it, right? So, for some reason, he thought that this is the way. Right. And in wealth, you always hear this, and it's definitely true diversity is key. Like, we, we, some of the lessons that we pick up, whether it be from a book someone gave us or our parents actually taught us, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. Mm -hmm. So, to me, that's, you know, to each its own, but I definitely wouldn't recommend that. I definitely wouldn't be doing that. But yes, teaching them, right, the value, or maybe even teaching them why you're working so hard to do these things, right would perhaps help them to start, you know, being better and doing better. Because I think that's one of the things that um, I didn't get taught. Like, the only wealth talk my mom had was me was, you know, when I got my first corporate job. And, you know, I was coming from one of my infamous spending sprees at Bloomingdale's at Boobies. And, <laughs> you know, like, I was young, early 20s, mm-hmm. working on Madison Avenue at an advertising agency. So I was making a little, you know, money. Well, so, uh, so what do we do when we get that money? We go to Bloomingdale. We exactly. go to Bloomingdale. Good department. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I took my butt right to 59th Street, um, which is right around the corner from my job. And I was shopping, and she said to me when I came home, this was the lesson. Um, so you know you need to save some of that money you make, right? You have to pay your bills and then put some in the savings account. I looked at her and I was like, oh, okay. And that was the conversation. That was the conversation. That was the wealth talk. Look, my dad, I, I was teasing <laughs> him the it. other day. My dad's wealth talk when I was uh, going into college, I'm first in family to go to college. And 
he said to me, you know, these credit cards are dangerous. You have to use them in moderation. Um, <laughs> I don't think you saw the people outside giving us free t-shirts with our, with our cell phones. Like, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Free t-shirt for your life. Free t-shirt for your life. Anybody who went to school before 2005, I want to say, um, I think they got banned around then. After I'm going to look that up to make sure I had that thing, mm-hmm. but definitely around the mid 2000s. But if you went to school in the early 2000s, in the 90s, in the 80s, mm-hmm. you definitely um, got mm-hmm. uh, scammed by the companies at that time <laughs> whose marketing tactics were predatory as all hell. Okay. Um, the yeah. opposite of building wealth. Let's be clear. But that to like like you, the conversation was all of two sentences, no explanation, no context, and I didn't even know enough to right. be like, huh? You know, yeah. <laughs> to ask mm-hmm. a question. So right, you're just like, oh, okay, right. Like, you're like, oh, all right, thank you. You know, good, to, good to know. Yeah. Um, so and I wonder how that affects them, right? Go ahead. Of no, course. no, 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 no. I was gonna say now. I wonder does. I wonder how it affects them now. You know, my dad has talked about mm-hmm. a lot about how you know all he wanted was for me to be secure. You know, he's like, I just want y'all mm-hmm. just to have security, and I just I see you bouncing from job to job. You know, I like many folks who are in the um, executive leadership in nonprofit space, particularly if you're raising money, and some sort of folks who are in the sales side, whether you're in pharmaceuticals or government, or whatever. Like if you had a dollar sign attached to your back um, and a part of a revenue generating stream, if you didn't hit your numbers, goals, if there was any kind of even the wind blew, <laughs> excuse me, yeah. you would be out of there. You'd be out of there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he would always say like, but I was getting recruited to larger organizations and getting recruited to bigger jobs. And he just didn't understand any of that math. And he was like, I just don't right. understand what is stable about what's happening over here. Like why, why is it? It was only two years ago you went, where are you going? Um, and so right. I cannot imagine how any of like if they even knew really how to have the the context version, the how of the conversation. They could tell us the what, right? Your mother was like, you know you need to save that, right? You're like, uh. <laughs> But for what? But and why? What exactly. are the consequences if I don't? You exactly. know, like what's going on? Like, exactly. you know. So how do you think that like mm-hmm. different backgrounds, like different people, whether they come from culturally, et cetera, ethnic backgrounds mm-hmm. affect how you look at legacy building and wealth building? I know you come into contact with a lot, a lot, a lot, particularly women who are thinking about investing, who are looking to invest, who want to be investors um, either in themselves or in other businesses. How do you think our backgrounds affect how we look at legacy building? Wow. So yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big question, you know, yeah, only you, um, only you. <laughs> <laughs> loaded girl. Cause it, you know, it's so nuanced, right? It, it, different backgrounds. So I think what happens here is, um, you know, first of all, right. Your upbringing, right. So, and, and the economic situation of your upbringing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that's definitely going to affect you, right? And when I think about that, I think about us who both have immigrant parents, right? And the, the thought of, I saw a meme the other day and it was a girl and it, she was, it was a Jamaican meme, right? And she was like, this is how your family in Jamaica think um, you get money. And she had like dollar bills falling off a tree, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the street pavement goal is really a real mindset Absolutely. right type of Absolutely. thing right so it's a wonder how a lot of our parents that actually immigrated here actually 
you know, were able to do as much as they did because it was not easy, right? Um, but I also, I think, I hear you talk about your father. I think, you know, in their in their defense, right, they thought, you know, well, when they came, we're talking about eras of um, government jobs, manufacturing, things like that, that had, you know, long vision, long hauls, and that's extremely changed for our generation and beyond, right, and later, right? So they could get into this job unions, right? They could get into this job. And, and if you don't know, it's always been like incredibly hard to get fired from, you know, when you're a union job, right? So I, I have mixed feelings about union jobs. I think they're good in some places. In some places I'm like, but these people need to go. They are just not good. Like, oh, it's just not oh. good. Right? <laughs> like, but they keep, but they will fight tooth and nail to keep them there, right? So like, they really could come, get a good job, a good union job, and be able to um, ride this out for 30, 40 years, and retire, right? And retire and be good, right? That is like unheard of. This is like the, that's the American dream, part of it, right? In that they're able to buy their house, they're able to do those things. So they were able to take part of that. And be comfortable, okay? And that that word comfort is a thing. You have to be comfortable. (laughs) Okay. Yo. <laughs> That's it. Glad, you do. You have to be comfortable. If it, and then I'm like, well, right. what is comfort? Okay, exactly. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Right. But comfortable at the same time, let's think about the family dynamic of that, right? Yes. Yes. Because if your mom is a nurse and she get she's work if she's a nurse, she's working overtime. If she's a, a Jamaican she nurse, let me in the tell house. You. you have not yeah. seen your mother in six days. I in three you. days, right? Like, to, look, no, no, exactly. she's picking up a second shift somewhere else. Yo, she's gonna. There's right. bills to pay. There's bills to pay. And don't let you be. Exactly. A, don't let you be a smart student who on a roll or gifted and need a little oh, extra for this or that and the other. They're gone to go and do it and come mm-hmm. back. So you are raising yourself, okay? <laughs> exactly. So when we think about that, they think about comfortable as a luxury, first of all, right? Yes. Because first we think about different backgrounds of thinking about, well, first of all, we need to be able to survive, right? Absolutely. Period. And I think that I like to use immigrants in this perspective, just with my experience, but they come over and, you know, you hear that I came over here with $5 in my pocket, right? Mm-hmm. So the first mode was like survival, right? And it takes a while for you to shift from survival mode to like, oh, I'm comfortable. I feel good. We're all right. Especially depending on what your situation was someplace else. Right. And, and the same thing here for indigenous and, you know, black American people who are born here, the same thing. The shift might not be from country to country, but the shift might be from situation to situation, you know, Mm -hmm. neighborhood Mm -hmm. to neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Right. So mindset shift to another mindset shift because you've actually been exposed to something different that you didn't know that existed, right? But everything starts with this kind of like, sometimes we're at this, like you might start at the survival mode, you might start with this comfortable stage, but then you're exposed to something else. That's like, oh, wait, there's more. (laughs) You know, there's better. better. I could actually do that. And so depending on where you're at and where you're starting, right, that's going to really determine how you even think about wealth, you know, a savings account, right? Think about the future. I got to think about living for now, right? Like, is there food in the refrigerator now, right? Like, I'm coming home for my second shift just to go to the supermarket to make sure the kids are able to eat, right? 
that's what I'm going to come into. You have to think in, you're thinking in that perspective, right? If you're in a stage, maybe that's comfortable, right? You're like, okay, this is good, but um, I, I see that there's more and I still feel a little bit worn down, right? I've, mm-hmm. I've gotten past, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. You, you were in that survival mode, right? And, but there's more, you know, I could get a nicer car. I really could do that. I could do this. You know, there, there's more. And then you probably are in that mindset where you could start thinking about retiring, right? But if you're in the exactly. previous mindset, you're like retire, like it's just, you're not going to think it. So all these things will affect and determine how you even approach or even consider building a legacy or building wealth. Absolutely. Okay. And the idea of now living for now takes on so many meanings. Mm-hmm. So I think about folks yeah. who, um, regardless of their background, grew up, um, didn't grow up with a lot of financial wiggle room. So whether that's disposable income, people say I grew up poor, I grew up without money. It just depends on how you grew up in the world and what that means. Cause I feel like growing up without money sometimes feels relative and sometimes feels like, no, no, literally mm-hmm. n- nothing. Um, and I, and do you didn't even know if you're poor. Do you that's know? another thing, I, right? The, hey, how about <laughs> I didn't know my parents were working class folks, good folks, hardworking <laughs> folks until I went to college. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I thought my parents had money money okay because we we got to go on vacation every single year once a year up until I was a teenager we went to Jamaica every summer um and I got to study abroad in high school you know so yeah. listen I I thought I got a car when it was time to go mm-hmm. to college. Newness was never a question. My dad was not buying a new car. Okay. Um, but well, just on that point, like, hold that. So let me just say on that point, it's like, you know, I, I tell people this, I, I really talk about it, but I tell people this story. I'm like, you know, I didn't know that I lived in the projects until someone told me. Yep. And people go, Oh, how could you not? I said, because I'm going to tell you about my experience. Like, first of all, narratives, we got to talk about narratives, talk right? About when narrative. you're watching TV and you're seeing people who are poor and des- destitute and what that looks like and they live in a project, you're like, but that's not here. All my neighbors are white. It's, it's, there's no, you know, there's only a few black pe- kids here. And when, yeah. if something happens, someone looking for a black kid, all those white, all Jewish people, because that's just who they were, that's right? Were they would be yeah. like, Oh, they're in that. They're there. They're there, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone around where we live were working middle class, yep. right? Yep. Um, we just happened to be dropped in the middle of this, you know, environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. essential, but that's a whole nother episode. Whole nother episode. Um, <laughs> whole nother episode because of who they were housing, right? Exactly. You know, like they were that. housing a specific people, you know. And they wanted them to be in a working middle class neighborhood, right, where other people and then their people started selling their homes to us. So, you know what I mean? A lot of, you know, working class middle uh, black people. So, but anyway, I didn't know until someone was like, the project, how about when I realized that and I just tell friends, they're like, no, but that's not really the project. You know, (laughs) it's not, you know, I went to private school all my life, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, my mother, and I was talking about this yesterday in a room on Clubhouse and we were talking about how your experience with your parents affected you. Same thing, affected just like how you do. And I said, you know, I'm listening to you guys and I realized that, wow, my mom is a single mom. She exposed us to everything. And I didn't realize that until my daughter started talking about it. Ah. I didn't give her enough credit until my daughter was like, oh, well, you know, grandma made sure we know how to do everything. Like, you know, there's been conversations, you know, we're a black family and it's like, 
all of you know how to swim. How is that possible? And my mother was like, because they needed to know. We all swim. They went to, <laughs> they went to camp. You know, they went away to camp. They went things like this. But as my daughter started saying, like, you know, she sit at tables with certain friends and they're like, oh, I want to go horseback riding. She's like, yeah, I've done that. And like, fencing, I've done that. You know, you know how to swim. Yes, I do. You know, <laughs> I've been to these countries, things like that. Mm-hmm, but she mm-hmm. was able to expose us to all these things. And that was a great thing. Right. And so that certainly affects your mindset. Like, I didn't know I was, you know, I guess technically or by class maybe poor, you know, or maybe lower middle class, because then at some point, of course, you, um, your income, you get, you know, your income surpasses what's eligible, right? Yes. So, but I didn't know these things, because so many of the exposure, so once you, if you don't know, you, you don't know what you don't know, right? And if you don't know, there's no need for you to look for something else, right? You're like, oh, but I'm good. I'm good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes. And I just think that that's so crazy that when you say that, I'm like, I just, how many of us just didn't know? We didn't know. And we just, right. we're just oblivious. Like just everybody's out here getting these experiences and doing these things. You know, right. like, uh, uh, uh. And that has levels yeah. to it. So when I went to college yeah. and I'm around the princes of different countries whose mm-hmm. their whole family went to my school, I'm like, wait, you own all, all them, the houses surrounding the campus? Hold on. How'd that happen? Wait a minute. What kind of charity one plus two? Minus the, mm-hmm. you got to pay all the tuition to come here. Wait a minute, that yeah. I started to say, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm play play right now. And I think for me, what that what that um, ignited was the hunger for stuff and not the hunger for substance because I had not really had the conversation about how what what was different about that because living for now. Mm-hmm was about either survival, food on table, roof overhead, or was about the ability to have, as you know, some West Indians would say, to have new brand fill in the blank. So right. the brand new car and a right. brand new this and the upgraded that mm-hmm. as a sign that you had moved beyond where you started. And mm-hmm. no conversation in between. And business school is not teaching you about that conversation. It's not money mindset mm-hmm. classes happening in, in undergrad or in grad school even. with You know, and so... That part to me mm-hmm. really sticks out as a mm-hmm. moment where I could have went left and I could have went right. I went right um, <laughs> in the road, but I think you end up having to play catch up later on anyway. So you get it one way or another. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. Love what you heard? Found a little nugget, but need more? Head on over to kishcamp.com, my masterclass for managers who are ready to do things differently at work and grow their skills so they can lead with confidence. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to take this offline. And so when you think about what you're seeing right now in this climate around how people think about building wealth and how Mm -hmm. that story, that family story kind of leans into how people think about building wealth. How can people sort of shift their mindset to get themselves in gear to start thinking about generational wealth as money plus money, not having to be the driver necessarily money, being a part of the car, the journey, et cetera, but as a more kind of holistic and comprehensive strategy. 
So I think, and, and we've said this before, but exposure is key, yeah. right? So, you know, the interesting thing, though, is like we get exposure on TV, right? But I think it's another reason why we say representation matters, right? Because we've been seeing, you know, and just because what wealth is often, you know, um, considered, right? Um, we see fancy cars, the houses and stuff, but we have to see ourselves in them, right? And so I think more recently, we're starting to see that. Um, and then with social media, those real life examples, Right, because if you know, just bringing up like Jay Z again, you think yeah. about Jay Z, like Jay Z's from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Like been in circles around him, been in plenty of events with him, you know, like mm-hmm. private events mm-hmm. and things like that. And he came from Hartley, the project, and now a billionaire, right? And so people see themselves in that. So I think you know, starting to get yourself in the mindset of wealth building, it, it's just always going to start for me with why, right? You have to find that reason why, you know, because if, if you don't, like we said earlier, right? Like if you're not, if you're all right, you think you're good and there's no reason for you to do any better, then you're not going to. There's no motivation factor. There's no inspiration. There's nothing to aspire to, right? Um, but start with why. So they have to be peaked. They have to be um, to a place where they're asking themselves, why is this important? Yes. What's at stake if I don't do this? You know, and it has to be something that why has to be something enough that's going to make you push through, right? When you actually start wealth building, right? Mm-hmm. Push through if, or I would say likely when things get rocky, right? Because I think we've also been through the scenario where, you know, we've started our wealth building, air quotes, right? And saved up money, done something, and that blew it all, right? right. <laughs> blew it all on something, or spent it on something, or thought we could rebuild it. Or it was just like, you know, we start telling ourselves stories, right? So, well, I saved this money, and I did this, and I have a right to enjoy the money that I made, Ooh, right? You're not about to come in here and snatch off my ass in the studio. You better get out. <laughs> I worked hard for this money. I, I should enjoy myself. <laughs> Negating everything else that you spent, right? Because you could be living in, you know, a studio apartment, but you live in a fabulous four bedroom or, you know, something, but everybody needs this. You know, negating the fact that you have these beautiful, you've had these beautiful experiences, maybe traveling, whatever, you know what I mean? Taking part in this, that. If you get all that because this money is sitting there and you're like, but I work for this and I want it now. I don't have enough money coming here and this is here and I should be able to do that. You start, you know, telling yourself these, um, speak, uh, these, what we call, you know, the scripts that we've been talking about recently, right? The scripts and, and you start, um, you start reasoning with yourself <laughs> about why. I have, about I have why. reasons with myself. I have been like, you know what, Kashana? So when you, you know, this pair of boots, and yeah, you know, anybody who knows me, and Tanya, you know this, you know my shoe game's serious, yeah. but it's it's also right. sometimes a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have, I'll go, the quarantine kind of, you know, kind of sat me down a little bit. I had to pull my finger off the internet trigger a few times. Man, but listen. I have definitely up been up many nights I couldn't sleep. You know, <laughs> When outside opens, whenever that's going to be. I, I have hope, what I call hopeful shoe purchases. When outside opens, <laughs> I'll be oh able to God. fill in the break. But how many times have we done that, you know, where we've been like, you know, mm-hmm. this is going to make sense because if I just wear this 
10 times over the course of this month, then it just ends up being only $20 a wear or you know, right. whatever we would tell ourselves, you know, like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Only $10 a wear. I'm like, okay, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, like you have to start what it has to be strong enough where you're like, you know, and, and often, unfortunately, it's some type of trauma that we experience, mm-hmm. right? It could be, you know, that one thing that you wanted, never ask your parents for anything because okay. somehow as a young kid, you realize that you don't have or you've heard the conversation, the seeds have been planted and you don't want to ask your parents for something. But that one time you ask this one thing that you really, really, really want and you don't get it. You know, that trauma. And now you want to give yourself everything at every moment, which is fine, which is fine. But you also want to give yourself a future, right? And you probably want to give your children a future and their children a future. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just want everybody to know that just just press pause on this thing right now, wherever you're listening to it and write that down. You probably want to give yourself a future. That's it. That's it. That that right there. And you and your children and your children's children. And if you are not of the parenting lane and you're like, the children's life is not for me, your God babies and your God babies, yeah, God babies, your nieces and nephews and their children. Mm-hmm. And so that the so that you're the, it spreads. You know, we think about like the roots of a tree and how it just sort of like spreads mm-hmm. out when it's firmly planted. So Tani, you know, I feel like the world of investing and saving and creating a, a, a long-term safety net always feels complicated. And I know it's not complicated, but it feels complicated. And to your earlier point, mm-hmm. let an ebook tell you. It, you can do it in one, two, three. <laughs> let, let the people, let the Instagram live on Forex or something else fool you. Oh, Just Lord, stay up all night taking this. Well, oh my goodness. So how, oh why is it so easy for us to fall into the financial tools that tell us I could get you rich <laughs> quick? You know, like, what's up with this? I'm thinking of a recent one. The pen, I call it the pandemic tool of choice. Oh, God. Please don't start. Was the the, the pyramid scheme. Was was it blessings? What was it called? Mercy, goodness, grace. (laughs) (laughs) Why do the scams have to have? Abundance. Abundance. Why do they have to have names that make you feel hopeful? And then you'd be like, wait a minute. Why is it so easy to get caught up in pursuing paths that feel easy, but have so many booby traps. What is it about the world of like investing, saving and safety netting that, that makes us so susceptible to that? I think it's just a scarcity mindset. So one, it's not going to be enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And then two, it's not going to be enough later. Right. Yeah. So, I got to get in now because if I don't get in now, and how many times have we heard that? Yes. Right? That is classic. Woo! Gamma <laughs> strategy, right? Get in now. Right? If you don't get in now, right, you're going to miss out, right? And if I wait till later, um, I'm going to miss out, right? Fear of missing out. I'm going to miss out and later, Maybe it won't be so valuable, right? Later is the risk, right? Long term is more of the risk than the short term. Let me do it now and I get it and I have it. Let me hoard it. I know it works. But to think down the line, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, oh my gosh, it won't work. So I'd rather get it now 
So I know it's real, right? So I know it's real. And then I can hoard it. And I feel good. And it's not 100% our fault because Mm -hmm. we have been screwed, frankly. You know, we have been screwed, right? You know, they've been selling potions and lotions and oils for a long time (laughs) this is not new people are like oh my gosh i can't believe this is happening it's been happening for millennia okay like it's just really happening a long time and speaking of things that have been happening a long time i you know what i noticed especially in this last year and i don't know if it's because we just had to literally slow down enough to notice what has Mm -hmm. probably been happening in the background for years but like i heard someone say to me um, I heard someone say in a conversation, well, you know, it's, th- these things are just like joining a susu. You know, it's all the same. Like, it's just the same oh, concept. Girl. And for those of y'all listening who are like, what is a susu? Can you break it down, Tiny, mm-hmm. what it is? And then we can help the people understand why you got to have a long-term mm-hmm. strategy. Okay. Yeah. So, first of all, I think that people calling it a susu was incredibly insulting. Yes. Uh, you know, I was on, I was in a clubhouse room and they were like, and I had two people who are not from the culture of susu. I'll just put it that way, right? Yes. We're explaining to other folks, and they are part of our community, me and you, right? Yes. Explain to folks uh, on why susu is a scam. But you know, I didn't have the energy to get up there and correct them, but people did inbox them and correct them and say it's not a susu. And, and you know, after reluctantly they explain and I'll explain now, right? So first of all, culturally, you know, it's simply a savings plan. It's an, a savings plan, right? right? A group of people come together and they decide, hey, together we're going to get together and we're going to save this amount of money. And what we'll do is we're going to create a pot, put all that money in this pot, and then week by week we'll collect this money to put into this pot and week by week we'll give someone an advance of this right. pot, Right. And so let's just say we were doing a one year susu and every and it was um it was uh twelve months and twelve thousand dollars. Every month, um twelve people would put a thousand dollars in this susu. Mm-hmm. Right? And so every month one person would get an advance and I say advance because the last person is the only one who's actually getting it, you know, when it's all over, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone would get an advance, a different person would get an advance of this $12,000, right? Um, and, and that's a susu, but it's essentially a savings plan, right? And yes. so everyone gets their chance and then it's over. But everyone put in the same amount of money, right? There was no, I, 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 I came in and I put in $100 and Kishana put in $900 and then we all get the money or we get some crazy 3x type of thing. Right. Now, what's been going on with these scams, which are just pyramid scams with different names, are one, they are saying, "Hey, invest a hundred dollars, another arbitrary number, and bring two people in to invest a hundred dollars, and you're going to get back eight hundred dollars." Here's the question I want to ask the people: First of all, right? Because we all been taught basic arithmetic. Yes, right. Like the math. <laughs> the math, right? Where is where can you go and put in a hundred dollars and get an eight X return? One A, and I want to talk to business people too who got caught up in this, right? A, get an eight X return, right? First of all, where there's no product or service, no one is selling anything, right? There's no product or service that can make money, right? That can make profit margins or anything like that. But you can just go invest $100 and someone is going to spit out 
an additional seven hundred dollars from nowhere. It, it it doesn't work. So I think exactly. Tell me war. Tell me what. Tell me ice, and I'm an Eskimo. Yeah. Like you know, you know. So you know, I think that. And I, and I hear stories of people saying, oh, I was scammed, I was scammed, and, you know, respectfully, you were not scammed, respectfully, you thought you wouldn't get scammed, okay? Right. right. <laughs> right. You thought you other... wasn't going to be the one, exactly. right? And I, then I had folks on the other end, Tiny, so this is where I got through. I got thrown for a loop, because I was like two seconds of being like, well, it sounds crazy, but because I had, I had actual folks close to me who I knew um, did some mm-hmm. version of that and actually were doing quite well. And one of the things oh. that was key to them doing well in that um, in that particular model was that there was a constant funnel of folks who were willing to try. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, mm-hmm. I don't have no constant funnel. Like, I like five friends. I don't just, uh, just right. not really going to go that far. So I just knew that what I understood, it didn't make enough mm-hmm. sense to me in order for it to be of uh, to be viable. And I just have never seen success with anything that feels like the get rich. And I know the get rich mm-hmm. always works for the folks who get in early. And I just couldn't tell mm-hmm. how early it was, you know? And so I just said, right. this is not, this, this ain't going to be my pathway to, right. to wealth, right. you know, like it just isn't. Um, and so then how do regular everyday folks who are working, starting businesses, who are just minding their business, trying to do well for their family to move to that place of comfort we talked about. How do they start to think about building wealth in a meaningful way? Because I know you have a particular philosophy around Mm -hmm. this. So, you know, well, first of all, again, I'm going to go back to what we had said earlier. You start with why, right? You know your why, that's going to keep you going, right? And just really three easy steps for you to start to think about wealth building in a meaningful way. The first way you think about your why. The second thing I want to say is then you think about a goal because you have to be aspiring to something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, create a goal, a milestone, something that you can measure and celebrate, I want to say, right? So, mm-hmm. because that's important. We need to feel good when we accomplish something, yes, right? And we take time to celebrate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something you can measure, hey, I've gotten here and then you could celebrate because that's going to push you to keep going. Because for me, I am a long term investor. There are some short term investments, but I'm pretty conservative. Right. Mm-hmm. In some respects. But I, I also invest in startups. So I'm not that conservative because that's one of the higher risk investments. Yes. Right. Um, and then the, the next thing I want to say is and I'll try to be four points. Right. Is take inventory. Right. I think a lot of times, you know, especially many of us who are in the workforce, Mm -hmm. there are wealth building tools being afforded to us from um, our job, you know, our careers, different things around us. You forgot about in your banking, so many things that you just are not um, pursuing and leveraging. Absolutely. Take inventory to see what you have already going around. Have a talk with family to see what they're doing, right? Um, And find out what you have in your hand already. And then like the fourth point, explore, right? 
And this is probably where the best place for you to have talks with families or maybe, you know, brothers or close friends like, hey, so what are you doing around wealth building, right? Keeping in mind that the little boards, the AKA fake susus are not investment tools. <laughs> Neither are, I want to say, um, <laughs> Forex. You mentioned Forex early oh and what drives God. me crazy the people, people who are say, getting rich. I just want to let you know that's the, um, that's the constant ticker tape that runs about across the bottom of my social media stream. Ugh. No, no, you got to clean up your, um, you got to clean up your profile, girl. Um, <laughs> because here's the thing that kills me about this Forex thing. Just, just, you know, put, put this in really quickly. You can say I'm a Forex investor. If you understand what Forex is, you can't be a Forex investor, right? Forex is an exchange. It's the foreign exchange. Like that's what Forex stands for, right? So you, you, you don't invest in Forex like it's a share, like it's an Apple share, you know, like, no, what you're doing is maybe you invest on the exchange, like the stock right. market, right? We invest in stock on the market, you know, right. things of that nature. But, you know, that's, that's not investing. And, and, you know, just for anyone who might be listening, because this is just so much of this happening out there with like, the forex and the investing in things like that. If anyone is telling you to, you know, here's an opportunity and you need to bring these people and then mm -hmm. sign up to pay for this service mm -hmm. that's going to teach you this thing forever and you're going to make money by signing up more people, I would say that that's not investing. Okay. And I'm going to leave it there. That's not investing. Yeah. Right. So, anyway. So then you want to explore and be mindful of these things because our friends and family get caught up in this and that's not their fault. It's just, the nature of the beast, to be honest with you. It's just what's happening out there. Um, like I said, it's been going on for millennia, right? So you want to explore the options that are out there and find what is attractive to you, right? Ooh, There's so many different that. ways to invest, right? And you want to diversify. Um, so there's so many different ways and so many places you can invest, right? So you can invest in the stock market, right? You can, um, retirement investments. A lot of times you don't even know that your investments, like your 401ks and maybe opening IRAs and things of that nature, those are investments, right? They Absolutely. can be investments because Absolutely. they not only serve as saving, but then also that money while you're saving, not only just earning compounding interest, but also can be invested in the stock market. So it could be, create more money than earn compounding interest. I mean, that's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> IRAs, and then there's like real estate, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. and, there's, and, there's, and there's so many other things like alternative, which, you know, really go deep, which I think should happen after you do your basics, right? Which is making sure that you retire for investment, uh, sorry, for you invest for retirement, right? <laughs> because <laughs> when you have retirement vehicles, right, that are investment, um, it, sorry, investment vehicles that are retirement tools, you can leverage those to start also investing in other ways as well, which, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. outside of real estate, but, you know, um, alternative investments such as investing in startups, investing in co uh, collectibles, you know, antiques. Art, things, so many different coins. ways. So many different ways. So many different ways. So explore, explore and see what works, what you like, what you're attracted to, right? Mm -hmm. And um, part of that, what I call is this is where you start creating your investment thesis. And it sounds fancy, but all it just Ooh, means it does is sound fancy. An investment thesis. <laughs> investment thesis. Yes, my investment thesis. So your investment thesis just means that 
hey, this is what I invest my money in. So even if you want to come to me with an opportunity, you need to read this and understand, like, don't bring me that because I only do this. This is what I'm yeah. interested in, yeah. right? But you create one for yourself. That's usually as an investor who what we call deal flow is coming to them. People are bringing deals to them, right, to them. But for you, you just want to say, well, I really like this. Maybe you want to build a real estate portfolio, right? Mm-hmm. And even that's nuanced. Right, you may not want to own property because you don't want to be a landlord. You want to deal with people in a drama, right? Exactly. So <laughs> you may you may invest in a REIT, which is a real estate real estate investment trust, which means that you basically are investing in a real estate fund, and you're not responsible for going out there Go and buying the property exactly. and maintaining it. Right, you just giving the money and then give you a certain percentage on your money. And it's so, sounds- anyway. I, it sounds like to me that each of the this examples you gave and just what we've talked about throughout, you the explorer word was so critical because it basically boils down to this. Like you got to find the thing that you are going to be excited about, because if you're not yeah. excited about it, you're not going to put the work behind it to get it done. Absolutely not. You know? And a part of that exploration is not even just the type, but like for me, a part of my investment thesis is impact investing right so i'm very 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 motivated by things that improve the black community right things that will create wealth and opportunity with among the black community that doesn't mean that i don't invest other places but this is very important to me and so i've allocated a certain amount of my investments to that so there's things like that. So if you are someone who is like super green, you may want to invest, you know, do some impact investing along, you know, uh, sustainable things, things of that nature. Absolutely. But, you know, exploring is important. Make sure you're investing in things that you understand. <laughs> Make sure you understand, you know, because if you don't understand, then, you know, that could get really slippery and you could get yourself in trouble. And um, I just, and yeah, I- I'll- and ask questions, mm-hmm. right? Like, I just love that you just yep. broke it down into just the four, e- like, the, you know, people are like, in four easy steps, in three easy methods. But this really is, right. like, one of them is a thinking thing, right? Y'all even got to write a thing. Right. You have to actually have a discussion <laughs> with yourself, what you can do in the shower, right. friends, okay? About why you even <laughs> yes. want to do that best thing. Place. Best, place, best place, right? To think about it. <laughs> and it's often, that first one, Tani, is often the thing that we get stuck on the most because sometimes mm-hmm. the hardest step to make is to decide. Yep. And if you don't yep. have a really good handle on your why, you can't make a decision. And so it's giving yourself the space and giving yourself the gift of understanding what motivates you, I think is so, so critical so that it doesn't feel over your head. It doesn't feel like it's for other people. It doesn't feel like, oh, that's what the wealthy do. Well, part, if those of y'all who are like, I just want to have more children so I can build my legacy. Hey, hey. You don't want to bring these babies into the world and be broke. Just want to be really clear That's right. because right. if you're, right. if you don't, if you're not able to have uh, money, which is a tool, which allows you to be able to, in some regard, give you some space some runway to mm-hmm. live beyond what you talked about tiny early on, which is survival. Then your children mm-hmm. will not actually experience the type of life you imagine for them. Just so I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. So from a Absolutely. from a legacy family name, et cetera, building it, you it is your responsibility and you owe it to yourself to be able to give yourself the gift of understanding your why and then taking the steps beyond that to being able to have a goal, to make sure it's measurable and to celebrate that darn thing 
taking inventory. And then the last one you said, exploration with friends. Life is better when we do it together. And so not feeling like you have to go it alone, I think is so, so critical as you think about how to approach generational wealth. And depending on how you grew up in the world, Tiny, that doing things together in every mm-hmm. other area, it seems, besides money, is the way that we did a lot of things. And so it's bringing right. that family, you know, community, you know, communal mm-hmm. idea forward into this particular um, into this particular body of work. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I created Raven. I didn't yes. create Raven to just build wealth for myself, but I wanted to do it with my friends, right? I wanted to do it with a community of people who were thinking like me who had, we had lived and, you know, shared lived experiences, right? Uh, even though they were nuanced and different and unique to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we also shared a, a vision, a mission, right? Something that we want to accomplish together, a goal together while having our individual goals. And so um, community is so important. So you know? important. And, and just... One last thing I want to add about wealth building. I want people to understand that the benefits of wealth building, because we talk about wealth building and legacy, and it's a, you know, it seems morbid because it's like, I'm doing all of this for when I die, right? Mm-hmm. But no, your legacy building and your wealth building and the, the benefits of your wealth, wealth building, the return on investment, the RRI starts, can start now while you're living, right? Mm-hmm. By, you know, like my daughter is 25. Right. She yes. graduated debt free. Right. That allowed us that gave us an opportunity for her to start building wealth early. Yes. Right. So what that means for her and myself. Right. Is that we're able to do things together. Right. Because we, we wouldn't have been able to do it if we aren't able to build certain wealth, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we can travel together or separately with our friends, with our family, with our booze, whatever, you know, things are uh, things of that nature and going back to what I said earlier about exploring and being able to, my mother gave gave us the opportunity about the opportunity. When I said we didn't know we were poor, you know, we didn't know we lived in the project, right? My mother was gave us this experience, right, of exploring and discovering and learning and exposure, right? That's what wealth gives you, right? That's what money gives you, access, right? So that starts now and not when you transition whatever that means to you. I love yep. that. So Tani, how can folks stay connected to you? How can they get involved mm-hmm. with what you've got going on? Tell us how we can continue to um, just learn from you, learn alongside you, act on what you teach and make sure that you stay buoyed up as well as you, you know, cause to helping, <laughs> helping, helping folks how to learn how to invest and to, to do this well and to do it authentically and to do it with, with integrity. That's not, that's not mm-hmm. light work. No, not at all. Not at all. It's heavy. Yep. For sure. Um, so you can find me under Tiny Chambers on pretty much any platform. Um, I usually, I respond. <laughs> um, and then um, also you can check out Raven. Um, if you're a black woman looking for like-minded black women who, and you want to learn about investing, you want a safe space, you know, no one lecturing, no one judging, right? No one, you know, cutting you off or dismissing you because that has happened, right? Um, then you can check out Join Raven, and that's J-O-I-N, and then Raven is spelled R-A-V-N, and that's R-A-V-N, um, joinraven.com, and you can visit our site to learn more and opt into our list 
um, and our resources to uh, yeah learn more about becoming an investor. <laughs> and this is whether you're accredited or not accredited. So just come through. Come through. It's a party, y'all. Right now, we're, we're yeah. going through a whole book on a book club. We're taking it back to the basics, yeah. you know, regardless yeah. of where you are in your, your education, mm-hmm. your financial journey. Um, so there's plenty to do and plenty to understand. You start where you are. We just want you to start. So, Tani, thank you so much for mm-hmm. hanging out with me today, for dropping so many gems. I know folks are going to be pressing rewind over and over again. And so I just am grateful to you, as always, for your your time with me. It is always a pleasure, Kishana. It is always fun. And I appreciate you and everything that you're doing. And um, I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. On our next episode, ooh, y'all, our guest is going to hip us to the game of how to do HR right in our new normal. You don't want to miss it, so make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit that download button, forward it to a friend, and we'll be talking to you real soon.